0: Back to your seats. If you'll remain standing for the reading of God's Word, you might notice in front of you uh, there's uh, some new Bibles there and a different translation. That's the one that Todd will be preaching out of. And so you'll notice on the screen when the uh, actual verses come up that there's a page number there. So if you guys would like to, you can turn to that page number in that Bible. And so it's in First Samuel chapter 18, starting in verse 6. And it says this: As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel. Singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands, and what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre as he did day by day Saul had a spear in his hand and Saul hurled the spear for he thought I will pin David to the wall but David evaded him twice Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul so Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand and he went out and came in before the people and David had had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. And remember
1: where little David was. Like David would have been a teenager. He wasn't twenty years old, because if you were twenty, you'd be out in the battlefield. And so David that morning was tending his father's sheep, and the dad came out and said, hey, take uh, take this lunch to your brothers and check on them for me and come back with a report. David was not waking up that morning, hopefully, to be successful. He did not wake up that morning and think to himself, hey, today's the day that my life will change forever and ever and ever and ever. But we're going to see how David was ready for the moment of success. So remember that. And when, as they were coming home that day, David had returned from striking down Goliath the Philistine. So that's, we see that. We'll see here. So he comes home, and then in verse uh, verse 7, it says that the women came, and they're kind of, if you've ever been to a ticker tape parade where, like, you you're coming home, and there's just this parade happening, and people are on either side throwing stuff and just going crazy. That's what's happening. Because remember, Goliath had for 40 days been mocking the people of God. And so world, the word traveled back to uh, the people and said, Hey, that giant that was mocking us, he's dead. So they're throwing this huge party on the streets as David and Saul and the, the armies return home because. They've defeated the enemy. The, the the war is over. So that's what David is coming back to. And it says this. And the women came out of, of, the, of all the cities in Jerusalem of, of Israel, singing and dancing to meet Saul with tambourines and songs of joy, with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And so we see in the moment, remember the moment was David had left his father's sheep, no applause, no entourage, no party, no anything, kills the giant and comes home to this huge celebration where these ladies are shouting his name you remember that same morning nobody knew who he was nobody knew David was that morning but his dad and he returns home that afternoon and the whole world knows who he is now I don't know about you that's never happened to me in my entire life where I woke up one morning and that afternoon, the whole world knows me. We, we see that happen. That, that happened a few months ago. That young man that uh, did his day and then that evening went into Waffle House. And the man in Waffle House, what did he do? He killed the giant. He killed the guy coming in. And in a moment, did he not have fame and success in a moment? So it does happen but that's not true for most of us in the room and what do we do when our success comes it may not come that way but all of you are here and all of you to some degree have experienced success and what do you have you done in your success i think it's so important that we look at the very end i'm going to get to the end so hold with me to the end So that's the circumstances of he gets promoted. But what happens in the promotion? Here comes the problems. Here comes the problems. You want promotion? You want success? Just go ahead and line up. You will have problems. Whenever there's success, there is problems. We see that in the life of David so here he comes he's walking down the street the women are shouting his name and they really come out to shout for Saul if you read the passage correctly they're not coming to praise David it says the women came to meet who Saul they weren't coming to meet David they were coming to meet their king and Saul was what angry and the saying displeased him and he said they ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me I've ascribed on, only thousands. Verse 9. And saw I David from that day on. Think about that for a moment. Here's a young teenage boy, and the king of the most powerful nation is displeased by him and keeps his eye on David to the day that. Saul dies we're going to get to it in a moment that what happens in verse 10 this he comes home he goes back into his throne this is Saul and he sits down and all of a sudden that harmful spirit from God rushes upon Saul and he's angry and you remember what happened when Saul had this spirit rush upon him who will recall to come and soothe him David so David comes back into this raging man, and it says this in verse 11. And Saul hurled the spear. He had this spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. You, you see, that day, the next day, so he gets promoted. The next day, his life is attempted to be taken from him. think about that for a moment he, he's gonna have problems and he's gonna have problems with Saul the rest of his life and so if you really want success just know that problems are coming anyone ever experienced that you get this job promotion and then everyone in the job is, hates your guts because you got m- promotion like, Wait, you can't celebrate with me like once you get that promotion aren't you like your head put on the chopping block Well, that's what's going to happen with success. That's what happens with David. David didn't sign up and say, hey, give me success and give me problems. But problems come. But not only that, we'll see, skip down all the way to verse 30. What what happens here now, the rest of it, uh, David is put in charge of all. I'll get back to the passage. But we see in verse 30, something happens. He gets promoted. He has problems. And then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle. And as often as they came out, David had more success than all the servants of Saul. So that his name was highly esteemed. There's going to be ongoing possibilities because of David's success. And the more successful he gets, you'll see in the passage, the more problems come with the success. So that's the, that's the landscape of what's going on in David's life. He's promoted, he's got problems, and he's got tons of potential and possibilities. But what I want to look at more than that, I want to look at David's character through his success. Because it's the character of all of us that matters more than the success matters. So let's look at David's character. Let's go back to verse 10. Verse 10 of chapter 18 David's character is a state of ongoing surrender remember the eyes of Saul are on locked in honed in on David and the next day the harmful spirit of God rushed upon David and he was raging within his house while David was in the house playing for Saul to calm him down And Saul had a spear in his hand. Verse 11, remember that David stays surrendered. And Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. Catch the last part of verse 11. But David evaded him how many times? Twice. Now, I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but if some crazy maniac throws a spear at me, I'm out. You throw a rock at me, I'm out. You kick me, I'm out. But hey man, you throw a spear at me to pin me against the wall twice? Who's crazy? Him or me? But it says here that David went on going through a life of surrender to who? The king. His job was to play that instrument to soothe the heart of saul i'm telling you if you throw a spear at me i'm out of the kingdom i'm not coming back but it says he threw the spear that means saul went and got the spear and threw it at him again and david stayed in a heart of surrender you see when it gets tough and the problems come do we have a heart of surrender to what we've been called to You see, David was called to play that instrument for the king. And I wonder about you, and I wonder about me and my life. When those problems come, I think, man, I want the easy way out of this. Anyone else in the room? Man, I I, I ain't doing that. It's crazy. But do I remember what I've been called to? I'm going to get to who he was called to in a moment but if you have a job you're called to the job not because your boss has put you in that place but you've got to remember who's called and put you in that place so when the problems come you can stay surrendered we see again in verse not only did he stay surrendered but he stayed steadfast in doing it there's this steadfastness in david's success when the problems came he kept playing over and over and over and over again we'll see in the passage in the story that that this man wants to kill david not just this one time but over and over and over and over and over again and any time that saul said to david hey i need you to do this he submitted to him he surrendered to him and he stayed steadfast in what the king was telling him to do we'll see it in a moment we'll, we'll look at it here Saul offers David his oldest daughter and David says no nah, I'm not good enough for her and he falls in love with the second daughter and then there's this price that's paid you have to pay for the king or to the dad for the bride there's the bride price you know what the bride price was a hundred foreskin of the Philistines Now, you go look up the word foreskin later. I don't have time to talk about that and don't want to. But think about that for a moment. A hundred grown men, he's got to go take their foreskin off. And remember who he's going to take them off. The Philistines. The Philistines were the the army that he had just killed Goliath, their great champion. You think the Philistines were like, oh, look, little David's coming in. Can't wait to party with him. They hated this man's guts. And he took a hundred, no, it says in the passage he took two hundred. He raised them one. Two hundred foreskin from raging men. Now do you think that Saul really wanted foreskin of the Philistines? Like that's a weird gift. Don't, I don't want that for Christmas. What was Saul trying to do? Saul knew, hey, if I throw him and tell him to go get this, he's so in love with my daughter, I'm going to use his love for my daughter to kill him. Saul thought, I'm going to kill him by telling him this is the bride price. And yet we see, what does David do? He stays steadfast. Okay, if that's what you want, I'll go do that for you. Again, I'm telling you, don't ask me to do that. I'm not doing that. So we see David's character. He stayed surrendered to the king. He stayed set steadfast to the king. And then in verse 13 it says this. Saul was afraid of David because of the Lord was with him, but he departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of the thousands. And he went out and came in before the people. And we see that David was put in place to be the, 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 the commander of the commanders. How come? Because Saul was looking for the easy way out. He wanted to kill David. But we see that David stayed submissive. So I asked myself the question as I was studying this week. Is my character a a man of surrender, steadfastness, and submission? Is that my character? Is that your character? And now we're going to see the response of David's great Success. And this is true for all of us in the room. Verse 7, it says this. The response was first this, when David began to have success. And the women sang one to another. Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his ten thousand. You see, the people of Israel love David. Now I could go and have a whole nother message about this. But the people of God missed it here. They missed it. The people of God, the response to this success was, who did they praise? Who gave David success, himself or God? You see, the people of God missed it in this moment. And I wonder how often people in our lives, they look to us and give us the praise and they miss it it's not about us it's about him now i'm not talking about encouragement i'm not talking about blessing i'm not talking about hey you did a good job in this but if 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 the adoration of your success is put on your shoulders then the people around you have missed it which means hey you've got to ask yourself some questions am i pushing them back to god or do i want the praise Cause I don't know about you, I love it when people praise me. I I love it to the day. Is, well, I love it. Man, give me all the praise and adoration. But that 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 cannot always be healthy for the soul. It's not about me. But in your success, people will a love you. The people loved David, and they were willing to serve David from that day on. You see, you'll see in a few. Uh, chapters, the mighty men of David, they loved David. They were willing to sacrifice their lives for King David. Here's the next response about your success. People will hate you. We see that in verse 8, 11, 15, and 17. Because of the success that David was having, Saul hated his God so if you're having success just know that people will hate you we, we must see and we must have the same response that david did that day let's go to verse 17 18 and 19 so here's all this success that's coming david's way and saul wants to give david uh, twofold he wants to give him the wife but he also wants to kill him but there is a price that david is getting a prize that David's getting. It's a wife. It says this. And then Saul said to David, Here is my my oldest daughter. I give her to you for a wife. Only be only be vigilant for me and fight for the Lord's battle. For Saul thought, Let my hand be not be against him, but the hand of the Philistines be against him. And this is David's response. You remember David is still not an heir to the throne. He's just a shepherd boy. And so by marrying Saul's daughter, he becomes what? An heir to the throne. And what does David say? And David said to Saul, Who am I? And who are my relatives, my father's clan in Israel, that I should be the son-in-law to the king? You see, David's response in his success great humility who am i i'm not worthy of this it's not about me i'm really a nobody it's the same response that we see in isaiah Who, who am i i'm a man of unclean lips we see over and over the people of god if you have a walk with god When there's success that comes your way, the response is, oh, no, no, I'm not worthy of that. You see, any promotion that we get, any success that we get, we're not worthy of it. It's a blessing from God. You see, you may say, well, Todd, come on now. I've worked hard. I've gone to school. I've got a great education. I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. And I ask you the question, well, who gave you breath this morning to put your two feet on the ground and get dressed? You didn't. God did. So any intellectual capacity you have, it's not because, man, you're smart and you ate the right food and fed your brain. It's because God blessed you with it. Any success we have, it's because the sovereign hand of God blesses the sovereign people of God. Because I don't deserve to be in this pulpit this morning. I don't deserve to wake up this morning. But yet God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's kindness breathe life into my lungs to get me up and to give me a mind to read the scriptures, to proclaim his great word to you. And so who am I? That has to be our response when success happens. And yet you look at all the successful people in the world, they don't give glory to God for the the majority of the people. You're not going to hear Bill Gates talking about the goodness of God. You're not going to hear the owner of Amazon talking about the goodness of God. For the majority of the athletes that play football, baseball, basketball, they're not talking about the goodness and kindness of God. They're basically saying, look at me and look what all I've done. I, I I... not that I ever would, because he's a huge man. I want to slap LeBron James in the face. He says to himself, I'm the king. I'm the king? What? Dude, you're a six-foot-six dude that can, put a, that can dunk a basketball. I hope you can dunk a basketball at six-foot-six. Like, that ain't special. And he says, I'm the king. No, there is one king, and dude, you ain't it. The king gave you your abilities. He gave you your height. gave you all that you had to put a little basketball and a little rim. Man, you are successful. And yet David says, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of what you're giving me, Saul. I say to you more probably the teenagers in the room. Any success you have from here on out isn't because of you. It's because of the goodness and the graciousness of God. And I pray you stay humble and give adoration to Him and Him alone. Here's what Paul says in second corinthians about anyone that boasts he says for it is not the one who can commands himself who is approved but is the one whom the lord commands who is good which takes me to my last point where did all the success for david come from where is the power of his success let's turn to verse you'll see this throughout his life but the power of his success came from this one place Saul was afraid of David how come because the Lord was with him David did not say to anyone the Lord is with me he lived his life in such a way that the people around him could see that the Lord was with him And I want to close this morning by saying this. And I want to ask this question, is the Lord with you? Have you surrendered your will and your life over to the Lord, the King of the universe? You see, because you could leave here and you may be successful in all that you do from this place out. You, you may rise to the ranks of, of being the CEO of your company. You may leave here, and you may uh, take on and become the, one of the greatest football, basketball players there is. I don't know. And you could have all the success, and you, you could be the next millionaire. You could be the next Bill Gates. But I promise this, none of that matters. Worldly success does not matter in the kingdom of God. You cannot go into heaven and say to the king of kings, the Lord of lords, well, look at my pocketbook. Hey, look at all that I gave away. Look at all these great things I've done in society to help society be better. If the king of kings, the Lord of lords, looks at you and says, hey, you were never with me and I was never with you, it doesn't matter. So I ask the question, you have eternal success and there is only one way to that it's through the finished work of jesus christ here's here's the great beauty of this as i've been studying david i'm not david in this passage i'm saul If I, if, if David's the king, he's the representation of Christ. I am not that, which means there's only one other dude in the story. That's Saul, which means, man, in and of myself, I want to kill the king of kings. While well, I was still an enemy. It says, and I get to look at the life of David and say to, the, and look at those characteristics and say, man, those are the characteristics of Christ Jesus. And do I have? That in me. So, my great plea for you this morning as you leave and you think through this song of response, do you have the King of Kings? Is Christ with you? Let me pray. God, the great promise in all of this, is that every single one of us can have success. And it may not be financial, and it may not be academic, and it may not be professional, but every one of us can be successful because of your finished work that you've done on the cross. And if we place our hope, and we place our faith, and we place our dependence on that, then God, we all are successful. But it's not anything that we've done to be successful. It's because of all that you've done and accomplished, your success, you say, because of your success, now it's poured out onto us. Therefore, we are successful. And God, I pray for every person in this room. If they're spinning their wheels, and their emotions and their capacities to be successful in the world. That today would be the day that you'd say, stop, stop. That success does not matter. All that matters is what you say through your word the Lord was with him. He went out and was successful wherever he went. That's because of you and you alone, Lord Jesus.